Welcome to the platform journey, where we explore what it takes to build a successful software platform company and get the ecosystem flywheel going. We will interview seasoned innovators who have traveled this road before and can help navigate the way and share their lessons. Welcome to one more edition of the platform journey. And today, another, I think, will be a fantastic conversation based on uh, what I've known about our guest. Our guest is Jason Wayan. Jason is the CEO of Third Era, and I'll ask him to describe what Third Era is and why the name. But again, I've known Jason for quite some time, and I think he's one of the most insightful people in thinking about ecosystems and how to really make the most of it. So Jason, welcome to the platform journey. Havanish, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Fantastic. So let's start with a bit of your background, because you've got a, an amazing background and you've done a number of pretty pretty cool things. So maybe just give a bit of your personal background and your overview, and then also talk about uh, Third Era. Yeah, no problem. Let's see. So I live in Colorado. Out of college, I started at IBM and uh, spent about 11 years working at IBM, a variety of different roles, primarily in uh, business transformation, enterprise outsourcing sorts of uh, roles in the um, kind of 20, 2009, 2010 timeframe. Uh, I was introduced to a product called ServiceNow and I joined a really small company that not many people uh, remember the name of these days called Navigus, which was uh, one of the first ServiceNow practices in the ecosystem back in that timeframe. That company uh, was acquired by a little bit larger company called Cloud Sherpas. I was the president of the ServiceNow business unit at Cloud Sherpas. Cloud Sherpas then a few years after that acquired by Accenture, uh, where I was uh, ultimately the senior managing director responsible for the Accenture uh, ServiceNow business. I took some time away and supported a little company called Lemongrass, uh, which was an SAP to AWS kind of value prop for clients, just kind of, kind of working in, in different spaces there. But ultimately, always knew I was going to come back to the ServiceNow ecosystem. It's just a wonderful place to to learn and to challenge yourself and and to really help clients. There's just so much opportunity in that space uh, to help them with their, their next business endeavors and, and getting the most value. So 2021, we uh, founded a company called Third Era. It was really positioned to help address a gap we saw in the market. Uh, we saw a massive value gap for customers and kind of some diminishment in uh, really getting their return on investment uh, for those investments in cloud computing and some of those next generation technologies. And, um, you know, we, we knew that we had kind of a way of, of, of helping to, to make some improvements there. We thought we had a good, good approach to that kind of area and, and helping clients establish more value. So we raised uh, some capital and have been deploying that capital through not only M&A based investments, but also organic based investments. And over the last 26 months, we've built Third Era. Uh, Third Era went from a company of no resources in, in early 2021 to now a company of uh, just under a thousand resources across 12 countries. We've acquired six companies, have fully harmonized or integrated those companies, promptly hired more people than we acquired in, along, in alignment to our customer journey and their growth. And it's really just been a delight to be a part of. I like to say that I get to help customers achieve more value on their investments. We get to help them really get future ready in the way that they work and really transform the way their businesses operate. So it's just been a, a delight. That is awesome. So, and again, I think for those of you listening, right, you, you, what you're hearing here is someone who 
really understands the business of leveraging, you know, any, building an ecosystem and how to, how to scale. I mean, think about it in three years, 26 months, you know, zero to a thousand people in one of the most active platforms out there, which is ServiceNow. So now let's make sure before we go forward, let's, let's, uh, I think we chatted recently, you walked me through the reason to call it third era. So the first era, second era. So just, you know, your view of the evolution, particularly of service now, which all of us love as both a company and a platform. I think there's something really insightful there. Just talk a bit about that uh, from your point of view. Yeah, thanks for that. So Third Era is a company name that I came up with, and it's really meant to be evocative of not only ServiceNow's journey over the last 10 to 15 years, but also my own and, and actually many of the people that have joined Third Era. So first era for ServiceNow is uh, 2003 to 2010, roughly. Uh, this is really the emergence of ServiceNow as a platform. Uh, this is, uh, as well, the specialization of that platform in the IT service management space and those applications, those workflows. And really, that, that era culminated with ServiceNow as the market leader in IT on cloud. During that same point in time, you had the emergence of small ecosystem partners that now many people haven't heard of, but, you know, fruition partners, Navigus, et cetera. And, uh, you know, those were largely boutique service management consultancies that could see the potential with the platform of ServiceNow uh, and could attract and develop skills in an ecosystem that wouldn't have really a standard certification until 2010. So these are the early adopters, right? That's first era. Then uh, second era kind of picks up 2010 to very late uh, 2019, maybe early 2020. And that is really the time of scale. This is when ServiceNow brought in Frank Slootman, and it was about getting IPO ready. If you wanted to have a very valuable IPO, you needed to have uh, Apex, your market capitalization. Uh, you needed to have the champions or premier leagues of partners to reinforce that the platform was, in fact, you know, kind of durable at that scale. And so you see the pivot from first era to second era occurring. That's obviously when our company Navigus got acquired by Cloud Sherpas. Uh, others in the ecosystem sought BC or PE backing to keep doing what they were doing. But it was really a time of scale. You see the emergence of GSIs kind of around the same time as well. And ServiceNow pivoted from a ITSM on cloud platform company to a multi-product on cloud platform company. That was the larger uh, market and the, and the better market capitalization point. And so you see ServiceNow making this pivot. You see the ecosystem partners pivoting as well to something that's more scale and broader commercially. And it's kind of the second era is the era of scale, as I like to think of it. And then towards the end of 2019, uh, into 2020, and really carrying forward to date, you see ServiceNow uh, making a pivot again to digital transformation across the enterprise. Uh, IDC says that's a 6.2 to $6.8 trillion market opportunity over the next several years. So it's a, it's a vast, almost inconceivable opportunity. But it's really taking the ways businesses work and digitizing and transforming them across their entire enterprise, right? ServiceNow extraordinarily well-suited for that based on its ability to not only aggregate data, but structure workflow and, and many of the things that it does from experience to, you know, intelligent platform and so on and so forth. Partners as well needed to inflect in that era. And you didn't really see the inflection occurring. And I think that was the, the piece that we really caught on to and said, okay, that's an area that we can really be a catalyst for. We can be that ambitional partner that steps in and says, we see this inflection occurring. We see customers, we need to attract more value. We see them challenged across their businesses with the way they transform 
the way they work or challenges in transforming the way they work. And we can come in and kind of suit and fit that unique need specifically in this space. There are really two types of partners before we were founded. There were GSI-based partners, which are great, tremendously scaled. They have uh, industry skills, tremendous investments, but they they do sometimes miss some focus because they they advocate for many different solutions out there, right? And particularly with ServiceNow, it requires a great deal of focus, I think, to get the most out of the platform. And then there were regional partners, and regional partners are great, used to be one, right? Very focused at what they do, very kind of purely aligned to ServiceNow, but you have to be quite a sizable company and have to have considerable investments to be able to be comprehensive across the platform. And so there was really nothing in the middle. You could see in other ecosystems that perhaps were a bit older, this kind of notion of a global pure play partner being really important, not only to the ecosystem, because it sparks innovation in the large enterprise and paves the way to the extra large enterprise and commercial, but really just as a different alternative and way of working. And so as we saw that, we said, that's, that's the market. We're going to go help ServiceNow from a partner perspective inflect to their third era. And we're going to go, you know, kind of challenge ourselves to be that third era partner. And so that's where the name comes from. Love it. I mean, and again, it, it's so evocative of what, what I think the market is going through. And you've already started opening the door to this, but let's double click a bit on, like you've recommitted to ServiceNow for effectively a third time. Right in you know in different iterations, and obviously I've been there. I've seen that evolution, and it's still sometimes you step back and say it's a bit mind blowing. But what are some of the elements of the ServiceNow platform, the Now platform, plus the products that make it so that uh, for someone like you, and particularly for clients, ServiceNow can become this one of the platforms of choice? There's something there that I, I think you've been you know, very astute about identifying. Let's talk a bit about what what is it about that platform strategy and the business strategy that creates this opportunity. And I apologize if this is a little rough, but this is something that I'm kind of codifying my thoughts on real time, actually, as we talked about a couple yeah. of days ago. I believe, and, and any analyst I can talk to, most of the customers that I'm hearing, as I start to aggregate those very disparate points of view that, that I'm hearing together, and my desk, I see something very clearly, and that is this notion of platform convergence. And you can, you know, there's plenty of being written about it right now. That's not anything I came up with. But I believe that increasingly across the enterprise, post this kind of rapid expansion of cloud and cloud platforms over the last kind of five to, to seven to maybe even upwards of 10 years, you're going to start seeing this convergence. And the reason is, is because customers need to get more value out of their spend, right, incrementally. Uh, they have real business challenges, be they risk, be they kind of being future ready, uh, you know, all these, these different types of challenges that they need to address to remain competitive and to lead their industries and to also, you know, play some offense and defense at the same time. And the only way to get more is to, is to aggregate. And, and this convergence is really the aggregation, I think, of those platforms. Now, which platforms when, you know, is certainly up for debate. But I think one thing that I've kind of seen loud and clear that, that I think isn't up for as much debate is where there is the most contextual data models underneath these platforms, those platforms are going to be best placed to win. And we mentioned earlier in the first era, right, that closed with ServiceNow being the market leader in the IT service management space. They still are today. The world's configuration management databases, uh, service data models, they really do sit within ServiceNow. 
So you have this massive pool of structured data that you can use to help customers and, and, and businesses get more value end-to-end out of that enterprise. And so I believe what's going to happen is as we continue to see this platform convergence over the next three to five years, you're going to see that data model become just extraordinarily important. Uh, not only is it important today because it is a record and the way you're going to manage risk and, and, and really kind of comprehensively across your organization costs, all of those things that are quite operational. But as you're starting to get future ready for AI, ML, RPA, et cetera, that structured contextual data becomes even more important because if you want the most leverage out of the future ready state, you're going to have to have a really great contextual data model. And so what I think is going to happen and what I see emerging is this kind of doubling down of focus on a few platforms, ServiceNow being one. And then what you'll see is greater and greater uh, contextualization of the data. The data will continue to expand. And particularly as companies start expanding across the enterprise and you start getting end-to-end contextual data models, you'll be able to use all the future, you know, Salonis types of process forensics, those types of things to really help you map your enterprise end-to-end and gain even more efficiencies. So my view is we got to follow the data model over the next, you know, several years. We've got to ruggedize that data model. We need to make it even more contextual so the customers can get the most value out of it. I think ServiceNow is going to be a winner in uh, in this process just because not only is it a great future-ready platform that is, that is moving quickly and uh, is, is a really modern uh, solution to be working with that's being highly invested in and new features and functions are, are kind of pouring into it every year. But as well, underneath all of that, it's got this this layer of data that really has the ability to be the central nervous system of a business. And you bring those things together, it's extraordinarily powerful. I really thought you hit the nail on the head when we were chatting in prep for this, Jason, because obviously, you know, those of us who've been following that story, right? You know, that first era, really, IT service management was a bit of a back office. People in IT knew about it. It was about those resources and so on. But the evolution of digital transformation, as you were describing, both the size and the imperative of that, right? It changes it from being just something that, you know, the CIO or something the IT is tracking to being part of the core business, right? And it's no longer just, you know, managing and managing IT resources and dependencies and services, but it's how you treat your customer. It's how you address services issues. It's how you address employee, you know, employee experience, which again, ServiceNow has expanded into. So I, I think you're onto something very powerful there. And, and again, having on top of the data that you described, having the workflow capabilities, right? At the end of the day, technology is to help us do things and do things better. And I am, I am very bullish on kind of how this all comes together. And, and I do think, you know, it, 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 look, like you said, There'll be convergence. There'll be, I mean, I'm a big advocate for obviously platform strategies, which is what this, this whole podcast is about, but there'll be a few and, you know, there'll be, there'll be from maybe some front office ones and maybe some productivity ones, but I do feel like ServiceNow is one that kind of can glue them, blot them together, which, uh, which I think is exactly what you're, where you're headed. Yeah. And if you think about, you know, another factor, that's going to be increasingly more important is speed, right? Yeah, um, you know, that's right. Technology is continuing to compound the capabilities, you know, as, as you look at emerging capabilities in AI are just going to move so much faster than anything before it. 
And again, that contextual data model is 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 the thing that's going to make that most present and most relevant in your business. So to me, it's like if you want to be extraordinarily future ready, spend the time to get your contextual data model right across your business and then and then just use the the, the most obvious technologies to solve your, your gaps. Right. And I think again, ServiceNow ends up being a pretty significant option in that space. And I'm picking as a winner myself, which is why, you know, why we're here in the third era. Right. That's right. Exactly. Hey, so uh, again, conceptual thing that makes a lot of sense. One thing I always find very powerful in having, again, spent time with you before, is you have a great way of telling some, some customer examples and customer stories of how that kind of transformation is really making an impact. Maybe could you share one or two examples of things that, frankly, either blow your mind or you say, hmm, this is really a pretty transformative example or a story of a actual customers using using these kind of platforms? I can give you a few examples. And one of the things that's important about digital transformation across the enterprise is you really start pushing into industry, right? And uh, a few things that I've been kind of really pleased to see is a lot of the disciplines and the mentalities that IT has needed to, you know, get, get reasonable at over the last couple decades those patterns of work and working in digital ways really do kind of in that engineering mindset apply to, you know, many different industries, many different, you know, aspects of the business. Uh, what continues to impress me, particularly in the way we're supporting our customers, is how hungry customers are for, you know, some of some of these these capabilities, you know, the ability to adapt and move and continually evolve in alignment to their business is a really important one the speed, you know, the contextual data model, all these things kind of coming together. But customers don't necessarily think about it at that level. They're thinking about it as just, I need something that can help me, you know, address X, Y, or Z. Increasingly in the ServiceNow space, particularly by industry, we're seeing customers making big bets on ServiceNow across their B2B and B2C relationships. That's not something I would have seen as a possibility in the first era. So it's something that's really kind of delighted me to see, you know, ServiceNow becoming increasingly more relevant there, which really allows us to kind of test our hypotheses around these data models and, and execution. And we found that to be extraordinarily true. You know, when we're sitting down with a client, we've just replatformed the way they work with their clients entirely end to end. And they're saying, okay, that's done. We need to get the some sort of blockchain moved into this now because we see this other segment here. I mean, when you're having your customers talk about emergent technologies that aren't quite necessarily just textbook for use in business, but they're now presented the opportunity to explore that because they've kind of solved their basic need. Uh, it's wonderful. I always think of it as kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like we've got them out of the safety space. They feel safe and now they can kind of get up to higher order needs, which is it's just a, a wonderful place to be for us. I mean, I feel like uh, what we get to do a lot of is just help customers solve problems they couldn't solve on their own. And, uh, and in that process, make them look um, maybe easier than they thought they would be and more sustainable than they thought they would be and, and maybe just less of a lift. Uh, the other thing that I think is really interesting, too, is we're still in early days on what experience really is. I mean, a lot of people talk experience and certainly platforms come with experience layers and engines that allow you to articulate experience. But I think in where we've been, you know, the last 10 to 15 years, it's just been about pretty portals. And pretty portals just don't get it done. Experiences need to be intuitive. If you can create an intuitive experience, you reduce friction in an employee's day. You allow them to focus on the important thing, which is not how they articulate their work in a system, but how they get that work done. 
and fulfill that need for that client. Lowers the bar for training, you know, those types of things. And, you know, it may sound a little cliche, you know, Amazon, not a beautiful website by any stretch of the imagination, but in terribly intuitive, you know, the world's put their ID in there. The world's never got trained on it. The world felt comfortable to put their address and their PCI information in there. It almost sounds crazy when you say it at that level, but that's what the world's done because it presents the best, most friction-free place or one of the best, most friction-free places to get what you need and traverse all this complexity and get that thing to your door. And, and that mentality is really important to make sure that we're, we're bringing to business because business is even, while it's important for the consumer to get that, it's just as important, if not more, for the, for the operator to get that. You, know, you want your employees focusing on their highest value things, which is servicing their clients, not trying to figure out, you know, how do I update this form, this field or this function in the system, right? And so that's another area we're putting a lot of time and effort into and I think is really paying some, some results. Customers are really kind of making that mindset change that it's really not about a pretty portal. It's more about intuitiveness. And, and that comes in a lot of different forms. But there are some very predictable ways to get there, right? Yeah, I love that. And I think, again, as I hear you talking about it, another in addition to experience, another term that's been often used or misused is innovation. Yeah. Right? And here, uh, it does start to feel like we can truly innovate and not just automate things that have been done in a certain way and often not super well. Right? And that's one of the fallacies of automation, right? Which is, hey, you automate a bad process, you still have a bad process. Yeah. And here, I think the chance to, as you're describing it, really think through that hierarchy of needs and be more creative, be more open-minded about how to innovate is something quite powerful. And, and I think it's, we're just the beginning, the beginning of that, that cycle to be honest. Yeah, I think, you know, we spend probably more time than we should around here thinking about value. And what's interesting about value is it's very fungible. I don't get to define value. The customer gets to define value. And they define value differently than I might, right? And oh, by the way, that's a very fungible definition for them because maybe some sort of macroeconomic event occurred or, or something like that and values suddenly changed. And so I think of value as a very fungible, ever-evolving, revolving, even some in some cases kind of state. And I think innovation is the exact same thing. You know, if you sit down with a client and talk to them about innovation, you have to follow their definition of innovation, not yours, right? And I think too often we flip the script and we have the smart person show up in the room and here's all the innovative things and gee whiz, but you never contextualize that for the client. And so maybe it's a divide, you know, too far for them to, uh, to cross. And so, you know, you've got to flip innovation. You've got to flip value to being something that's customer centric, understand that it's something that's going to be very again, fungible and change over time. And the only way to really help a client in those spaces is to be as contextual with them as possible. What are the things that they've done that worked and didn't work? What are the things that they're doing that are working and not working? What are the things they ought like to achieve and what are going to be problematic or challenging or, 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 or just need to be done about those things? And keeping on that flywheel is just incredibly important. And so that doesn't sound like something you just do, right? You don't do innovation. You don't do value. You accrete value. You accrete innovation. And that's more the mindset we try to bring to our clients. Love that. So we've talked about all the goodness. We've talked about the platform evolution. We've talked about kind of how you see the future in the third era of experiences, innovation, et cetera. It's not all easy. We all know that. 
what are some of the challenges that if you were to kind of look back and say, you know, that was hard. This was, you know, at this phase, these were some of the biggest roadblocks or challenges. What were some of those two or three things that you would go back and say, man, those days I, I felt like there was a, this might not be a hill that we could climb. Avinish, would you like me to answer that from the standpoint of building out third era for our helping our customers? I would say building out third era. So let's let's take that that cut. Yeah, building a business, building what's now been become a very successful, very scaled scaled business. But from from you as a CEO, you as a founder, what are some of those those challenges? Well, first and foremost, we're in a rapidly emerging and ecosystem. In fact, you, you can see evidence of this through ServiceNow and the Rise Up initiative. There's an acknowledgement. There's just not enough trained and experienced professionals in the ecosystem across the world. So saying you're going to start a company in an ecosystem that's undersourced in, in resources, you know, it starts with its own implicit challenges, right? I think we've done well there because we really stayed grounded on the most important thing, which is that we're a people business. And uh, that means we need to be good to each other in the process. And and, uh, you know, we need to make sure that we're doing things to uh, to establish and to maintain trust. I, I once heard Bill McDermott say that, you know, and he probably got it from somebody else, but, you know, you gain trust in drops and you lose it in buckets, right? And, uh, you know, being thoughtful and mindful about that exchange. Uh, the other thing is there were some things we needed to build to ensure that we would be able to affect customer value in the most significant way. So, we actually have the largest training organization in the world for ServiceNow. Now, why did we go build the training organization? We're not a training company, though we do an awful lot of it, right? We are going to do a third of ServiceNow's training this year. We do, you know, hundreds of classes for customers and, and hundreds of classes for our own internal team. Um, but the importance of, of what we call Third Era University is this. It, it's, it represents a foundational pillar that, so that we can help meet our, our team where they're at. You know, maybe they're just learning how to spell ServiceNow correctly and we need to get them on that journey of bringing them forward and getting them productive. Maybe they're very senior and they're ready to go to the mother's architect level skills and we need to be able to meet them there and help them incubate their way to, to you know, that destination as well. It's not just technical skills that make great consultants, right? There are other aspects that we have to bring together. And so, you know, you end up having to major in a lot of other things when you build a company in an effort to achieve the thing you want. And one example of that is, is Third Area University, which we kind of had to build from ground one. And again, key enabler of our team, core, core factor for our success. But there are many others. And so in addition, we had six acquisitions, right? Harmonizing those businesses together in a meaningful way that was respectful of the things that they had done so well, and but presented opportunities for us to do things at even bigger scale. Not an easy thing to do either. But, you know, fortunately, we've got a very experienced team that has the you know, has, has the scars on their back to show, you know, things that work well and, and things that maybe work less well. Uh, and I think we've done a good job doing more of the things that work well and less of the things that work less well. But, you know, we still, we still have those moments across any business that you would expect where things don't go quite the way we had planned. But largely, I think we've, we've done a good job in an ecosystem that, you know, I've heard is you could be upwards of 100,000 resources short globally right now, you know, kind of carving out our space focusing on our premise of, you know, being the best enabler of value for ServiceNow for our clients and just building a company we all want to get up every day and work for, right? So those are the things we're off doing. That's awesome. Jason, as expected, you know, fantastic, fantastic chat, very insightful and very passionate, which is something I always admired about you. You know, you really, really wear your, your passion on your sleeves. So any final thoughts? Uh, and again, congratulations on the success, but 
any kind of final final thoughts just to, to wrap up? Yeah. Well, listen, I'm not sure what I'd say to that short of um, I appreciate the opportunity today uh, to chat with you about this. This is fun for me too. And it's a great way for us to reconnect. I've been a, a fan of your career over the years as well, as you know. And so it's it's been nice to kind of see you come in full circle here and focusing on, you know, some higher order things that maybe have less to do with working at an individual company, but kind of spreading your experiences and others. I think that's a really powerful thing. And as I look to Third Era, that's something that I hope we're known for in time as well as, as creating something that was, you know, kind of durable beyond and, you know, created its own ripples in, the, in our ecosystem. So thank you. And I really, truly appreciate that. With that, Jason William, Third Era, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Avanish. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this leg of the platform journey from Tidemark, a growth equity firm purpose-built to help companies win and scale. For more insights, subscribe to this podcast and visit us at www.tidemarkcap.com slash the platform journey.